Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 116th episode of the Pulling Tarp Podcast, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn, coming to you live from my man cave in Millsboro, Delaware. This week, we have Kate Voss, former MILB jack-of-all-trades and current senior account executive of sales and service for the Minnesota Lynx. If you like this episode, make sure to go back and listen to some of the older ones. There's something back there for everyone um, some great MILB employees and some great stories and experiences as well. Please drop a rating and comment wherever you listen to podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts a little bit. And I'll shout you out here on the pod and on social media. Speaking of social media, make sure to go follow the designated Twitter account for the podcast at Pulling Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast And that's where you can reach out about becoming a guest as well. If there's any businesses looking for a unique sponsorship opportunity, that would be where to reach out as well. And if you really want to, you can follow me on Twitter personally at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. We now have merchandise, folks. You can now get Pulling Tart Podcast stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. You can find that in the on the link tree in our Twitter bio, and you can also find that on tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. With all that being said, let's chat with Kate Voss. Kate, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Super happy to have you on. Um, we were just talking. Uh, so you're with the Minnesota Lynx now in the WNBA. And the season is starting to wind down a little bit. How did the Lynx season go? Hey, Bobby. Super excited to be here. You know, we, uh, we've had kind of an up and down year compared to what we're used to. Um, you know, one of our superstars, Nafisi Collier, was out on maternity leave. She just mm-hmm. came back on Sunday. Um, but we're still in the playoff hunt. We've got a big matchup tonight against Phoenix. Um, you know, we're controlling our own destiny, as they say. Mm-hmm. Win and, and take care of business on the floor. And we'll, uh, you know, should, should clinch a spot. I think the highest we can finish is seventh. Um, we do hold the tiebreakers against those we're battling out for the last two spots. Okay. So, uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. We've had some some players step up uh, different points. It's kind of the the next woman up every, yeah. every night. Who's going to really lead us to, you know, offensive, defensive, and then of course in the huddle, which is those intangibles. So it's uh, a lot of fun basketball this season for sure. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, hopefully they they make the playoffs. That would be awesome. Uh, what was the highlight of the season? Either for you or for the team, whichever. 
Oh, I think there's there's a couple of them. Um, you know, we've had the privilege to have some big time names come through the organization over you know our short short 23, 24 years. Me personally, I got to be a part of a couple of Jersey retirements. You okay. know, we, we retired Rebecca Brunson, who is the only WNBA player with five championship rings. So Dude, yeah. that in itself is a huge testament to her career. Uh, you know, she's kind of a bruiser down in the paint, um, known for always grabbing rebounds, doing the, doing the little things in terms of the defensive end. And then we retired Simone Augustus as well. Okay. Um, you know, who has really, like, number one pick, spent her, most of her career, 14 years here in Minnesota, um, big-time fan favorite. I mean, Moan is synonymous with the Minnesota Lynx and four championships. So I think just being able to be a part of the planning process, the very little, little hand that I had in it, which by little, I mean not very much, but <laughs> be able to execute and coordinate with, with some of the fans. And Heck yeah. watching those ceremonies... And the reception that our our legends get from our fans is just, it'll give you chills, Bobby. So yeah. I think those are two big ones. Um, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the, the four Notre Dame alum that we have on the roster because I'm a huge fan. So okay. Jess Shepard has has played really well this year, and I've, I've, you know, I've been cheering her on quite a bit. So, And then one that I'm looking forward to is Friday night. It is Sylvia Fowles' last regular season home game in the Target Center, Ooh. and we're sold out. Okay. You know, lower level sold out. We're into our upper level. Um, yeah, so excited. There, there's awesome. kind of not going to be a dry eye in the house. Uh, yeah. Sweet Sill is going to be able to go out and, and retire on her own terms, which I know is important to her, and you know, give our fans, I would say, one last show, but I'm super optimistic about the playoffs. So I'm yeah. hoping that – you know, one big last regular season show, and then we'll see what happens. Okay, okay. Super, it sounds like a very exciting season, and it's coming down to the wire here, so. It is. I will be scoreboard watching all night tonight. (laughs) I did the same last night. Um, So it's, you know, my my alerts will be going off here in about an hour and a half. Okay, all right. We'll we'll try to get you out of here before that. (laughs) Um, so, So we're both Midwest League alum. Um, so I gotta ask, like, what's one thing that carries over from baseball to now working in basketball? Oh man, if I had to pinpoint just one, I I think that's, that's tough. Um, so many, you know, I, I, working in sales, working with people, just your people skills, but you know, at the end of the day, there's really nothing better than seeing the kid. The, you know, the kid that walks into the arena for the first time with their eyeballs just lit up like a Christmas tree, um, you know, are in, you know, I'm, I'm from Peoria in terms of a mid, you know, Midwest league, mm-hmm. um, you know, Pete, Pete Panakin used to say there's nothing better than the look on a kid's face when you give him a baseball. And sure. I think that's the constant, right? I mean, right. being able to provide and facilitate those experiences and it's not always the kid. I mean, you know, our, our league's members, really love coming out it's the community it's that you know stadium arena family that each one of us really have right mm-hmm. so oh yeah you know you know from your experience your your work family in the summer all the hours that's that's put in you see yeah. them sometimes then than our own families sure oh yeah that's the common theme people love coming to the arena 
because who their seatmate is or some of their members that they've seen for years and years and years, or they've been able to, you know, work with the same rep for a number of years, or they're big fans of our head coach or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, it's bigger than X's and O's. It's bigger yeah. than wins and losses. And I think that that's the constant. Yeah. What's the biggest difference between working in those two sports? The weather. I don't yeah. have to worry about it being, you know, 95. I don't have to worry about, you know, the, the radar. Yep. Um, my shoes. I'm in dress shoes now. Being inside, it's a little bit more professional. Um, so, you know, I, I miss my Nikes, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, walking around. All the steps that we get in the next day, I'm, I'm still a little sore, starting to get old, but... Um, you know, I think that's the biggest difference is, is, you know, I, I know that my game's going to tip at six and I know that we have a running clock. So I'm probably going to be true. out the door by, you know, eight o'clock that game's ending out the door by eight thirty eight forty five. Yeah. Have you been to so, any minor league baseball games this summer? You know, I haven't. Okay. I haven't. Um, we're, we have plans to go over to the Saints, the new AAA affiliate of the Twins. Um, here okay. uh, right around Labor Day or so, um, you know, the WBA season runs concurrently with the right. baseball season. So I've been over to Target Field. I've seen a couple of Twins wins, okay. um, which is awesome. They'll shoot fireworks afterwards, and I don't have to pick them up. I can just kind of head to my car. So yeah. It, uh, yeah. It's been, baseball hasn't disappeared, but it's not the, the priority in the primary anymore. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is the pitch clock – really helps out with the with the time of games now um i've noticed that at target field but i i guess is it the same amount of time between you know minor league games and, and the major league games as well i didn't think the major league had it yet um but maybe they do i i haven't really been paying attention honestly but i think minor league is maybe it's 20 seconds it's i think that sounds right um but okay. But yeah, games are ending now at like a normal game that would have been three hours is now over in two hours and 20 minutes. And it's wild. That's that's huge. Not only for the fans who, you know, say baseball's too long, which I'll disagree with them every day of the week. But yeah. also the front office staff, the ground crew. I mean, that's it, it, it. When you're pulling 16, 18 hours, don't get me wrong. They were incredible, and, you know, you have that energy and, you know, the, the buzz around you to be able to fight through those long days. But, I mean, health and, and safety of front office staffs, getting that sleep is important. Sorry for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to the general manager of the Delmarva Shorebirds, was the last place that I worked at. And I still live, like, 30 minutes away from there. And I went to a game as a fan, and... I could only get two beers there because, you know, they cut you off at the seventh inning stretch and you wait in lines and stuff like that. And then the pitch clock really shortens the game. But uh, he was telling me that um, he like on opening night, he was home in bed by 1030. And he's like, I had no idea what to do like with myself. Like I couldn't go to sleep. (laughs) He got a full eight hours of sleep. Yeah, Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine that. Um, you know, especially in the minor league baseball world. I mean, I'm sure you and I can share horror stories of 16, 17, 18 innings and running Ooh. into, you know, the Midwest league curfew and not starting an inning after that. So, yeah. um, it, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. 
yeah. I'm glad to hear, you know, at least at the minor league level, that you know that that time, because from an uh, you know that front office standpoint, it really yeah. makes a difference. What was the longest game that you ever were a part of? Sixteen. Okay. Sixteen innings, and and we did. We ran into the Midwest League curfew, which I don't think you could start an inning after eleven forty-five or eleven fifty. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we were. Yeah, sixteen innings. It was it was nuts. Okay. It was nuts. The next day was our scout sleepover, so we we're really glad to run into that curfew because we knew right. we had an all nighter the next oh, night. Yeah, man, that sounds terrible. I I do have you beat though on the longest game. Um, I was a part of a twenty-one inning game in Delmarva, and it went so it went to the twentieth inning. And then it started raining at like one quarter after one in the morning. The game was still going on. Wow. And so we pulled the tarp, came back in at seven to take the tarp off the field, started the game. So had to finish that game. It was tied, I believe, five, 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 I believe it was tied. And um, yeah, so the 21st inning came and uh yeah first pitch a uh, guy on the opposite team hit a solo bomb <laughs> and we could we, we and then it was and then it was straight up three up three down and uh we, we lost the 21 in game it's like oh my oh, gosh man. but w- well, we it- we were sitting there at um at um breakfast you know after we took the tarp off the field at seven we went out and got breakfast and it was awesome to see all of the national news that we had made um so that that part was pretty cool but yeah staying there until two o'clock in the morning and being back at seven was was super rough it's uh it's amazing i mean i i think of it now and i kind of have to laugh and chuckle about you know just getting home at two and like you said pulling the tarp at seven or seven thirty. I couldn't imagine doing that now. Yeah, I don't I don't miss that part at all. I do miss the camaraderie and, you know, hanging hanging out with my people all day, you know. Oh, absolutely. You're still getting a lot done, but you're still hanging out with your people. Right. And you know, you're you're bonding over the you know, the kind of same hands you've been dealt five hours of sleep, you know, trying to catch a nap at your desk or you know, the the random tarp calls in the middle of the day but yeah you know i some of my best friends i met in 10 years of working in minor league baseball oh yeah what's the biggest thing you miss from working in minor league baseball you know i've been thinking about that question um for a while and and i i do have to chuckle when i'm over at target field i get the itch to to kind of want to pull the tarp yeah and i'm a unicorn in that aspect i know i mean Mike Reno, my ground, you know, my groundskeeper, Peoria's groundskeeper, he'll, he'll laugh at me. You know, it's, it's one of those things that it was competitive, right? You got two minutes to get the tarp down and it gives you that competitive nature after playing sports. Um, but it's also everybody in a kind of a miserable situation sometimes, depending on, you know, how heavy the rain is or did the umpires let you on in time or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. everybody in the same situation is working towards the same goal. And it's, it's that teamwork, but outside of that unicorn moment, I'm going to have some friends that are going to roast me for that comment. Um, (laughs) it is, it's, it's the camaraderie. 
Yeah. It's the ticket holders. It's it's the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the random chatter on the radio. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, song requests or, hey, look at the guy down the field that just filled his beer or, you know, some of the behind-the-scenes things. It's it, mostly that camaraderie, <laughs> the, the people. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this today. So I was always the person in Delmarva that – put up the um dirtiest car in the parking lot like the license plate number and uh so the stadium ops guy would always radio me the license plate number and but we would try to do like the craziest like let's just say like i don't know like g as in I don't something crazy like green is in Greenland or G is in gonorrhea. Yeah, whatever. I, um, I almost said gonorrhea. So, I, um, but like, cause, cause we were, you know, sick people, but, um, but, but now these days I work in insurance and people have to give me VIN numbers a lot on vehicles and right. there are some times I really want to do, like, something really crazy, like X's in xylophone, you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I can't do that. I got to be straight up, like, E as an echo, you know, all that, know. All that stuff. That's, that's like, it's... one of the things I was thinking about, like, what I, what I missed about working in baseball today. It, I think some of that goofiness comes from just the amount of time that we spend together and you yeah. got to keep it fresh, right? Like no day, no minute, no hour, no inning is going to be the same. It's game night's going to differ every night, but because we're doing it so often, you have to find the little things to kind of entertain yourself on the backside. For sure, for sure. Um, so you did work in Clinton a little bit, and um, I I don't have any beef with, with Clinton, Um I, I went there as a fan, um, and it was awesome. But there, there's something that sticks out about Clinton, and it's the oh, it's the smell. And as soon as I opened up the car door, I was like, man, they like the players and and uh, coaches were not joking about this smell, and I couldn't figure out what it is. And I've heard from different people that have spent time in Clinton different answers as to why it smells like that so what is your theory on why clinton smells the way it does it it's an interesting question i have to give you props i mean at least at least you couldn't pick up on that smell coming through your car vents and you yeah. waited until the door is open um you know i went to school in clinton it was it, clinton is synonymous with this weird smell but they've got some plants there that are you know alcohol processing plants there's a pre and a dog food plant they do a lot of work with plastics and things so it has to be like the super weird concoction of all of that Mm -hmm. and then you just really hope it doesn't rain because then the rain amplifies it and the heat amplifies it um the hotter it is the grosser that it will smell um you know, it uh, it's so funny. I, I took a trip back to Clinton a couple of weeks ago, early June, to, to catch up with some college buddies. Okay. And um, it was like Friday was kind of a normal night. You get in, didn't really realize it. Saturday, we weren't in Clinton for the day. 
you know, we went down to the zoo or whatever. Sunday, we take a walk, and my girlfriend looks at me, and she says, what is that smell? What, <laughs> what is that? Where is it coming from? How do you make it stop? Um, which is true for, for yeah. some people. Sometimes when you make the trip to Clinton, the most memorable thing you're going to take with you is is the smell. I don't have a theory. I, you know, I know it's a combination of the processing okay. plants and sometimes it smells like dog food. Sometimes it smells like burning corn or alcohol. Um, and sometimes it just sounds like we're all gaining character points, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a zoo in Clinton. No, this zoo is down by the quad cities. Oh, okay. Um, don't ask me the name of it. I'm, I can't even remember right now. It'll come back to me, but, uh, it's down by the Quad Cities, so, so took, took some of my friends' kids down there. I I was I thought so. I was looking at your LinkedIn, and saw you went to Ashford, and I couldn't remember. So I like I actually looked it up, and I looked at Ashford's website, and it says San Diego, California. Um, mm-hmm. But but then so you saying you you went to school in Clinton? Now I'm remembering that it used to be Ashford University Field. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, how does it feel to go to a school that no longer really exists except online, right? It uh, it's kind of a, a punchline of a joke that I'll, I'll drop every now and again. Okay. Um, you know, when when people ask me, "Well, where'd you go to school?" Part of me just thinks I need to start claiming, you know, University of Arizona because Arizona has absorbed the the online portion of okay. it. So it's, it's changed hands. Um, I'm proud of going to Ashford. Some of my best friends and, and sure. closest, you know, family that I, I consider now, I met there at a you know great opportunity, but it is kind of a punchline of a joke. Does my degree matter? Does it not matter? Is it valid? <laughs> is it not? It was expensive to frame. Sure. You know, <laughs> um, so it, it's a punchline, but you know, it was, it was a great four years. Uh, met some good people did, did some pretty cool things along the way. Okay. Um, but it, it has been interesting and, and, you know, when we all get together and reminisce, we're just wondering when we're all going to get our student loans paid for because of the fraud or uh, know, whatever. Yeah. People can Google the school and read the, you know, pages and pages and pages of articles, but it's weird. I'm 32. I shouldn't be talking about a school that doesn't exist anymore or a campus that isn't right. functional anymore. Like that's, those are things our grandparents do. Right. I don't have enough time for that conversation. Yeah. Man, that is wild. I didn't put two and two in together until you started talking about it. So that's pretty funny, though. Um, I know you've listened to a couple episodes, uh, probably two in particular. Um, you worked with former guests of the show, Nathan Beliva and Tyler Oman. Um, so what was it like working with those two guys? Those two are, are two of my favorites. Um and I, I do have a top ten list, but we'll, we'll you know, we can get into that later. Okay. Um Nate is somebody that I still keep in touch with. He is doing he's over at Monmouth College. It was a blast. Um took me a while to kind of pick up on Nate's humor a little bit. Um yeah. <laughs> I was actually just picking on him a little bit earlier, uh, in terms of favorite teams to, to love and favorite teams to hate on. My favorite team was one of his favorite teams to hate on. So okay. it was great. Nate, you know, especially in Peoria, he was there when 
Dozer Park, then O'Brien Field opened an encyclopedia of knowledge. Sure. From players to stats to what's going on, you know, any type of theme night, he's seen it, he's done it, he's seen it done, he's, right. you know, kind of regurgitated it to make it better. Um, you know, an encyclopedia of experience in the industry, and he knew Peoria like in the back of, back of his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a blast. I learned a lot. I think we butted heads a little bit too in in the start, which he'll probably chuckle at if he's listening to this. Um, but he is he he's somebody I, I still keep in contact with. Um, God, there's there's so many different stories that that I could tell or share. Talking about Nate and that relationship, super great that our you know super thankful our our, our paths crossed. Yeah. Um, and then Tyler, Tyler lives up here in the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, you know, which is super awesome. Up until last fall, we lived probably three blocks from each other. So, okay. you know, I saw him a week and a half ago. I didn't actually work with Tyler okay. in the same office. Um, colleagues in the Midwest League at the same sure. time. So, you know, um, just trading stories or, you know, sharing knowledge. You know, him and I get in a room, and, and I feel bad for our significant others because we immediately talk baseball or minor league baseball or logos or players. Right. You know, him being a Cardinal fan and, and Peoria being an affiliate, he, you know, he, that was one thing that, that we bonded over sure. quite a bit. And now it's cool because he's, you know, he's a, he's on the grounds crew at Target Field, yep. which I think is the dopest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, he's 15 minutes from me, and... It's uh, cool. it's awesome to have him around. So yeah, um, it uh, yeah, two good ones. I mean, if you want to know, you have questions about working with those two. I mean, <laughs> you, you really can't say enough. They're incredible representatives of, of the organizations they work with and work yeah. for. Um, they love being in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, they're great baseball minds. Just yeah. in general, you want to talk sure. X's and O's or you know ERAs or batting averages or argue about who the best home run hitter is it's be nice you know you'll have a blast having a beer with them or a beer and a cigar with with nate yeah so yeah um yeah nate and i um we butted heads a little bit because quite frankly i only ever saw him when he would come to beloit and nobody really wants to come to beloit so so i mean now they do with that brand new i know <laughs> well they did they didn't back then trust me um so that that was a little rough there um but but no i mean and then i went to peoria when you guys had the all-star game um there so that was that was cool and he was he was much more i guess down to earth and approachable there <laughs> um and then Ty, yeah. Ty yeah tyler and i we just exchanged um emails you know every so often working in the midwest league and then um so after he came onto the podcast i was in antigua and on my on my honeymoon and my wife and i we got to talking to another couple and they're like like yeah we're from iowa and i was i was like cool i've been to iowa plenty of times like (laughs) where where are you from and they're like clinton and i was like oh no shit um, and then I started talking about, you know, some people that I knew in Clinton and all that stuff. And, um, Clinton's a very small town, apparently. And, um, Tyler's name popped up. oh yeah. And, um, she was a, um, bartender at Buffalo Wild Wings. And okay. so, so I 
told her I, I said I said yeah like one of my buddies um you know worked for the Lumber Kings there and she said what's his name and I said Tyler and and she's like show me a picture of him I showed her a picture and she's like oh yeah he was a regular like I I know him yeah <laughs> I was yep. like man I I um, ran ran into somebody we mutually you know came in contact with like in Antigua like it was mm-hmm. wild it's a it's it's so funny that we share similar stories with the two of them you know i came to peoria thinking i was some hotshot salesperson and i was going to come in and i was going to you know really make a difference and pack the stands and do all of these things and nate kind of put me in my place a little bit and you know hey these are things we can't do these are things we you know can't necessarily do and right you know by the time i left he was you know he was one of the few that was you know really kind of hard to leave and yeah it, it just shows, you know, that, that growth for me, I, like I said, I, here I am thinking I'm some hot shot coming to Peoria, <laughs> was not. And, you know, he's somebody that I, I still talk to and I'll pick up the phone and be like, hey, man, I, I'm running into this or, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, some creative way to generate, you know, revenue or put some butts in seats or whatever it is. What's something that was successful for us that I may be able to apply? Like I said, he's not an encyclopedia. Oh, for sure. It, and Tyler and Buffalo Wild Wings, I mean, I think there were probably four or five multiple times where, you know, we'd pick up an order and we'd just hang out in the backyard. You know, like I said, we were neighbors for about a year up here and nothing, nothing beats boneless wings and a couple of beers with some good friends around that's, the campfire, that's for sure. That is for sure. That is for sure. Um, so it, I feel like you've been to a lot of sports venues, whether that's arenas, stadiums, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm a big, big food time, you know, person here. So foodie, yeah, big foodie here. Um, so what's been the best concessions item that you've come across? Oh man, I have a favorite from the three ballparks that I worked with. Um, I think Clinton is notorious for the garbage pail. Oh yeah, all all of the fried food in one cardboard bucket. Um, <laughs> it's a good way of describing it. Absolutely terrible for your cholesterol. Sure. You know, go on a six mile walk after you have one. Um, but it's one of those things back in college days where you're like, oh, I could eat seven of these and it'll be fine. It's, no, it, it's I, not. I, think I got through half of it the last time I was there. Yeah. I think my favorite favorite is the barbecue nachos at AutoZone Park in Memphis. Ooh, okay. So, like, barbecue sauce, barbecue pulled pork, the. That sounds so you good. You know, it was so good. And I looked at the, you know, the first time I saw it, I was like, what, what are you consuming right now? Because that does not look appetizing. It's the only ballpark in America where hot dogs are not the number one seller. Oh, interesting. So if you're going on a road trip or you want to check out a new ballpark, or if your fans and listeners are headed to Memphis, check out the barbecue nachos. Okay. Um, and then I think my favorite in Peoria were the Philly cheesesteak nachos. Those are super good. Um, let's see. I would order food on a sweet level in Peoria all the time. The uh, cake bites were incredible. If you've Ooh. got a sweet tooth like I do. Yeah, um, big time. You know, so up here, my go-to is is the brat. I have to admit that, you know, Target Field does a great job with the bratwurst. Okay. And I haven't really stepped out of that comfort zone yet because... I mean, you know, now it's a treat to go to a ballpark, and now yeah. it's a treat to go get that bratwurst, and it's like, ooh, a ballpark brat. I'm here for it. So yeah. it's kind of my go-to now. 
Yeah, I don't, like, get hot dogs at the grocery store. I, <laughs> but, like, I'll have one at a barbecue, but I'm... I, I have eaten so many, like, hot dogs, brats, you know, things that are left over at the end of the night. Oh, um, so So I'm pretty much out on hot dogs, like, in my personal life almost. So. Well, and, and when you roll the hot dogs and you put them together for kids' day or school yep. day or, you know, summer camp day, whatever it is, when you're literally pulled in one direction, you know, from one direction and you're like, all right, I need to wrap all these hot dogs, it, uh... It doesn't transition over to your post-baseball career very easily. No, no, it does not. Um, yeah, uh, so all that talk about food. I haven't eaten dinner yet, and it's making me extremely hungry. <laughs> I'm, I'm in that same position. I, uh, that'll, that'll be my go-to whenever we wrap. Yeah. Not that I'm in a hurry. I'm right, right. Enjoying hanging out. Um, so I know that you're, um, you know, your number one thing that you did, you know, obviously minor league baseball, you do a little bit of everything, um, but you're mainly ticket sales and still are, um, in the WNBA. I always like to ask my, my sales people, what's the number one secret to sales in your opinion? You know, I'm going to have to go back to the, to the listening to those. Cause I don't know if I've figured it out yet. Um, for, for, for me personally, it's it's just being myself, being authentic, um, you know, really looking to facilitate an experience or, you know, provide a, a solve to a situation. Um, you know, I, I think it's, I think that's what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. I, you know, being yourself really authentically enjoying what you do caring about people wanting to see them enjoy something that that we care about while having some cool benefits along the way and some cool experiences along the way and mm-hmm. you know throwing some money back in their pocket um i don't i don't really like to think of myself as a salesperson because sometimes sure. salespeople get that like negative connotation right oh, yeah. and i'm here to have fun i mean <laughs> you know if if you're coming out to games anyway and you're super passionate about, you know, if it's the Chiefs or the Twins or the Lynx or, you know, whatever logo, preferably the Lynx at this point, of course. Right. Um, let's help you really enjoy that to, to the fullest extent that we have to offer. And it may not be every game. That's fine. I don't, I mean, it would be great if you, you know, locked in a seat for 800 bucks or whatever. Sure. But if it's a five-game pack and that's what's going to work for you and your family best and that's exactly what your summer schedule allows, especially because you have a cabin up at the shore mm-hmm. and you're going to one of the lakes in the summer, that's fine. I'm, I'm here to help you enjoy what you already love. And as a salesperson doing that, I think that helps. Yeah. Um, you know, there, you, you can be successful. You can earn big commission checks you can you can do all of those things in sales whether it's sports sales or car sales or tech sales or whatever mm-hmm. um but i think if you enjoy what you're doing 
And for me, it's, it's caring about the people that, that I work with. I think that helps. For sure. Um, the other thing is, is it's not always a one and done, right? Like, mm-hmm. Bobby, we're not going to sit on the phone and, and I'm not going to sell you tickets on, on one call. Yeah. It's relationships. It's being able to, you know, stay, stay consistent with your effort. Yep. Um, you know, if that's set in a bunch of meetings and you stay consistent and you're a, somebody that kind of wants to do that back and forth over a Zoom or over lunch or over a morning coffee, if you drink coffee, cool. If you're wheeling and dealing on the phone and you want to make 70 phone calls a day, cool. Stick with what you're good at. Yeah. Um, but don't be afraid of the no. Because sure. you're going to hear it a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think those, you asked for one, what's the number one secret? I'm full of hot air, so I just gave you a whole bunch. But <laughs> I, I think overarching is, is, you know, being yourself. Yeah, you're, you're going to be in a department with five or six different salespeople and, and we're all we all have different styles. Some of us, you know, take a little bit longer because we want to groom that relationship and really, you know, hey, what's most important to you? Let me customize this. Others have the ability to close the sale and move on to the next one. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't try to keep up with Steve in the row or Susan down the row or whoever it is like be yourself and you know focus on what you can control to be successful okay okay i dig i dig that answer um i also wanted to ask you i guess it just came to me that i've never had a guest uh that's worked in women's professional sports before so i wanted to see what you know i guess the biggest difference in your day-to-day is between working in a male-oriented sport to now a female professional sport? That is a great question. Um, there, there are so many, so many differences, but sure. it's also incredibly the same similar. Yeah. yeah it's, it's similar. Um, still, still in sports, um, still, you know, talking tickets and seats and experiences. But what's awesome is that, Kids growing up now, boys, girls, little kids, athletes, non-athletes, when they walk into the Target Center for a Lynx game, they're watching badass women play at the top of their game in the best league in the world. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't have time to dive into the greatest dynasty in sports, but if you want to look at the the best winning percentage and, and just pure dominance over decades you gotta look at the women's national team oh yeah the u.s olympic women it's like six or seven gold medals in a row um i think sue and dt have five which has not been done yeah Uh, so those kids get to come out and they get to see women dominating Mm -hmm. i think that's important i think it's important for sure the the other thing is what's really special about working in the women's sports and women's basketball and i worked for for two women my director's a woman my my president of, bas- of business operations is a woman our coaching staff is all all women all four of them three of them mm-hmm. i don't know i think it's four um that's inspirational and that's something that now i'm not super old i can't you know talk shop the way that some of our our members can pre-title nine but I didn't see that growing up. Yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I work with female CEOs. I work with, you know, female 
presidents of, of boards, you know, and my, you know, I, I work with women business owners. I work with business owners that have multiple businesses. I work with women who, you know, just open their second or third business yeah. or, you know, you, you hear stories of, you know, working moms, badass working moms, bringing their kids to these games. Yeah. Um, and then you look at the product on the floor, it's second to none. Yeah. I mean, that's that's awesome. You can you can turn on Sports Center and all all top ten of your plays are gonna be, you know, some windmill dunk or three sixty dunk or some crazy out of you. But when you watch the women's game, you're watching a perfectly executed pick and roll mm-hmm. by, you know, K Mac and Sill. You're you're watching Nafisa Collier come back after having a kid less than three months ago yeah. and be an integral part in a much needed win on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Like who does that? Yeah. I couldn't do that. Yeah, that's wild. It's it's really neat to be able to say, hey, these are badass women. Mm-hmm. Not only on the floor, but then you turn around and you look at what they're doing in the community. Yeah. It's it's incredible. They stop and sign autographs. They take photos. I, I spent 10 years in minor league baseball, and I'm not dogging baseball players. They're sure. great. They're yeah. incredible. But they're not signing autographs after a three to one win, yeah. and you know they're not. And if they do, they're going to sign one baseball. I've I've had a superstar tell me, no, 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 you have two baseballs. I will sign one of them. And they weren't even for me. They were for some two kids. Uh, so yeah. it, it's one of those things that the connection that you get, the access that you get to these players, they care about their their fans, their members you know, the, the people they get to interact with. That's cool. And and then it's motivating the rest of the world to kind of pick it up. Yeah. Right? I mean That's awesome. The 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 uh, explosion of women working in sports, the explosion of female CEOs in Fortune five hundred companies, you know, it's it's important and, you know, when my niece grows up she's not going to be in a world where, you know, Syl and K-Mac and, you know, Sabrina Ionescu haven't been leading the way. You mm-hmm. know, you look at Dander Sloot and Quigley, I mean, I can name drop Sue Bird. Yeah. You know, she's done it all in 21 years. So oh, yeah. That's what's really cool. And, and you know, sports sales is the same across the board. Sure. Um, but that that's what really kind of gets you going okay. for the day. And it's like, all right. That's, who's gonna be who's gonna really stand out who's gonna defy the odds today yeah that's really cool actually that's awesome um so i've i was looking at your twitter last night and oh boy um oh you boy. see Sometimes that gets me in trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not trouble but um when you work from home you really like to have a pick-me-up of some ice cream, either at lunchtime or, or mid-afternoon. I don't blame you one bit. I got a sweet tooth, too. Um, so I thought it would be fun to do a Mount Rushmore of ice cream. And it can be flavors. It can be, you know, brands. It can be sundaes. It can be situational ice ice cream. Um, so let's just pick, like, our top four ice creams. So oh boy. we'll do kind of like a draft, like every you know, other. Yeah, every other, and you since you're the guest, you get to go first. Oh man, if I have to draft my first pick, name brand, I'm going Ben and Jerry's. 
Okay. They are my number one overall pick. Name brand, Ben & Jerry's, hands down. I got two pints of it in my freezer right now. What's what's your favorite flavor of of Ben & Jerry's? Um, Shoot, there are too many. Um, Chocolate chip cookie dough, the one with the brownie in it. I'm going to forget the name. Um, There's a, a peanut butter one. Um, Chubby hubby. All of them. Yeah, all yeah. of them. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't want to discriminate when it comes. Well, I will. Sometimes I do get a little picky, but no, I'm my go-to okay. Ben and Jerry's is a chocolate chip cookie dough. Okay. All right. All right. So I just encountered this last week. So my, you know, first pick is going to be ice cream truck. You know, ice cream from the ice cream truck. So I was sitting Ooh. I was sitting here in my man cave and it was about about this time actually. Um so maybe maybe we'll hear it. I don't know, but um the you know, the song from the ice cream truck was like mm-hmm. driving down my street. And I was like I was like, Man, I it is about this is about that time. It's about snack time, you know, midnight snack right before you go to bed and um not only did the ice cream truck stop on my street. He he literally stopped, like right in front of my house. Like he was he was blocking was my fate. yeah he was like blocking my driveway partially. And I was like, I if this isn't a sign, I don't know what is. Um, so of course I went down there. Best best part was that he took cards because I didn't have any cash. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. That. So I'm gonna go. Ice cream from the ice cream truck. And not only that, it, you know, it brings you back to your childhood, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's going to be my number one pick. That's a solid choice. That's a solid choice. Um, my second one, I found this, and not we, I won't take credit for it, but, or not I, we found this. Um, we do a lot of shopping at Target, and Target owns a lot of, a lot of different brands. Yeah. My favorite right now is the favorite day gourmet. So it's it's the Target brand ice cream, and it's the double coated. I'm I'm looking up to my cheat sheet here to make sure okay. I get it right. The double coated vanilla caramel almond ice cream bars. Ooh. Now here's here's the thing, body. Don't get the regular size ice cream bars. Get the minis because they're jam packed with more caramel than the regular size. Oh. And you get three more in a box. So. Okay. Why, why stop at three when you can have six and more caramel? Heck yeah. <laughs> okay. I dig that, man. Um, I think my second one is also going to be situational. Um, and my friend Paul Caputo, who has been on this podcast a couple times, and he also has the Baseball by Design podcast. Uh, he di- He dives into all of the logos and that kind of stuff. And um, his Twitter handle is actually Baseball and Ice Cream. And um, he has, I think he's almost at like 500 um, mini like helmet Sundays. You know, like, so he's... That's impressive. Yeah, he's got a lot. Um, So I'm going to say at a baseball game in a mini helmet. 
So are you going the soft serve in a mini helmet, or are you going like dipping dots in a mini helmet? I'm going soft serve. Okay. Yeah. I just we gotta clear the air there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of shout out some Minnesota ice cream here okay. because and there's a whole laundry list to choose from. If your listeners are in the Twin Cities and you like ice cream, don't go to your you know your just chain Dairy Queens or Cold yeah. Stone or whatever it is. Well, those are wonderful. Um, literally like a mile from my house is the Grand Old Creamery, and it's mm-hmm. this little shop that's open like nine or ten months a year and it is incredible all homemade um giant just tubs of ice cream you can buy to go you can get waffle cones um but it's really cool because it's kind of a nice saturday afternoon walk although if i'm totally being transparent i haven't walked it yet so that's misleading um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it could be a nice Saturday afternoon walk. You can pick that up and then walk around the lake, um, which is pretty neat. It's nice to have kind of a neighborhood ice cream place. Yeah. Um, you know, not – and like homegrown – well, homegrown, but, you know, homemade ice cream. Um, so I'm going to go Grand Old Cream Ray for my third. Ooh, okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> okay. I'm going to bring it back to the Midwest for this one. And I don't... I'm, I'm going to say it qualifies. Um, because technically, it's custard. And... Uh, oh, there I, you go. I'm going with Culver's. I'm going with a concrete mixer from Culver's. God, I forget about them sometimes. They're oh. so good. Oh. They're a road trip go-to. Yeah. So, you don't have them in Minnesota? They're, they're around. Um, but when I drive home... If I take the Iowa route, I can stop and pick up Culver's. There's a spot on my route. Or if I take the Wisconsin route home, um, they're everywhere in Wisconsin. Yeah. So uh, that's that's my road trip go-to. So that's that's a good choice. So, strong, strong three-pick. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, they're so much better than Dairy Queen blizzards. Oh, hands down. Yeah. And, and there's so much more that they can... You know they can add to it. Yeah, I think I feel oh. like they just have. So I don't know. E- expanded menus, I guess, would be the phrase yeah. I'm looking for. Okay. So you got one more. All right, more. so that one more. Um, I'm gonna stay local. I'm I'm sorry to you know the people that are listening that aren't here in the Twin Cities. We've got great ice cream. This is a new find, and I highly recommend to. Follow them on social media because the marketing is incredible. Oh, okay. But it's A to Z Creamery out of Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And we got a raspberry, a raspberry flavored a couple weeks ago. We've had like a cheesecake flavored. It's all homemade. And it's not just the ice cream that's good. It's the whole experience. Like when you go to pick up ice cream, the line is down the block. Okay. And they sell they sell pints, and they've got X number of pints, and you enter a lottery, and the buzz surrounding this ice cream. Not only are seriously, Bobby, when when you need to just Instagram break for a minute, yeah. search them. Okay. The marketing is incredible. They did a strawberry milkshake one. Yes, they tied in the milkshake song. Um, oh yeah. It's so good, and the buzz like they sell out so fast. So we try to get two whenever we can. Okay. Um, 
I think we were going like four or five weeks in a row. We got lucky enough to, to get one and you have to pull up. They give you a time slot. Craziest thing, but so good. So okay. good. All right. Um, I think I'm going with a flavor for my fourth pick. And anybody who knows me knows anything with peanut butter in it is is awesome with me. Um, but I'm going to go with peanut butter cup. That's that's the ultimate flavor, I feel. I love that. I do. I'm a huge Reese's peanut butter girl. Ooh, um, peanut butter cups, I get them in my stocking at Christmas. Yes. Just, you, you can't go wrong. And yeah. then you freeze it in ice cream. I mean, chocolate and peanut butter were made for each other. Absolutely. I say that all the time. Alright. So that... My friends is the Mount Rushmore of ice cream. All right. Um, so we do have one listener question, I believe. Let me get that pulled up here. It's from a mutual friend of ours. Oh boy. All right. So Tyler Owen uh, texted me, and he said, "He said Kate told me she was going on your podcast. I've got a listener question." Who would win in a fight, Chiefs mascot Homer the Dalmatian, or Louis the Lumber King? <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, that's tough. If you look at logos, I mean, I think Louis has the unfair advantage because yeah. he's got the bat, but then that'll just traumatize everybody because Homer the dog is so cute and adorable. Um, he is. First of all, Tyler. This is an unfair question. <laughs> um, but I think... Oh, boy. He's going to make me pick. This makes me sound terrible, too, because if I pick Louie, obviously, then, like, what What does that mean for the dog? Because I love dogs. And if I pick the dog, like, then that makes him vicious. Right. It is It is a... It's a can't win. No, it's a lose-lose. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I have to, I think Louie would win because Homer is the nicer, sweeter, more approachable mascot of the two. He's a puppy, for goodness sakes. Like, he is there to right. just, I mean, all mascots are unique and kids love them or they're terrified. I, I don't know, corn flip, but i'm gonna have to give him a hard time about that question because yeah that makes uh that's that's a rock and a hard place but <laughs> yeah. i think because you know homer's a dalmatian while the dalmatian needs a lot of exercise because of the energy to burn off they're not traditionally known as a, a vicious breed although i will quickly follow that up by saying i full firmly believe that it's how you raise a dog and not just the dog so, sure yeah um him and i are gonna have to dive into that over a beer here very quickly yeah that's unfair i agree it's a good question <laughs> it's unfair who my favorite mascot is um while louie gave me my start in minor league baseball homer's it i mean homer and i go way back Lu- so louie's a little know, creepy I'm i thought very creepy yeah i mean what, what kind of te- what kind of team had just has like a a man as a mascot i don't know but yeah it's okay that that was a tough question that's an impossible question (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> I agree. Um, all right. So what's the weirdest interaction that you've had with a fan in your time working in sports? You know, I don't think there's been a weird, I mean, there has been weird interactions. We all have them, but sure. I, I think the, the, the unfortunate interaction that I've had, I mean, I had a group of high school, junior high, high school kids out on the field for national anthem right behind home plate. And this poor kid was struggling in the heat. Um, and this is totally embarrassing more for me than I think him, hopefully, um, <laughs> But I call a colleague over to help him get up the stairs because he looks like he's about to pass out. It was hot. He didn't have enough water. I was like, okay, well, you're swaying. We got to get you up the stairs. So I'm, like, assisting him walk up the stairs. And when we get to the top, or, like, halfway up, he starts, like, holding his stomach. Like, he's going to get sick, mm-hmm. eat exhaustion, cause him to vomit. Well, he did at the top of the stairs and I was in the unfortunate position to be in the line of fire. So Mm. I was puked on. Yeah. That's rough. The anthem after that was wonderful. The group did a wonderful job. He had a great time. I saw him in the fourth inning. He was eating ice cream, having just a blast, (laughs) but, um, the nerves got to him, the the heat and the nerves, the heat and the nerves. So I don't know if that's super weird or just unfortunate. Um, you know, we all have our, our unique stories. Um, that's the one that immediately jumps out is like this. So much just, you wouldn't hear that story anywhere else outside of sport. That's right. Like I'm sure. not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm, you know, we expect those folks to have to deal with being puked on, but right. That, Bobby, that's where that other duties assigned asterisk gets you. Yeah, sure does, man. That's gotten me so many times, especially working in Beloit. <laughs> oh, I bet. Oh, man. I bet. Um, so, this is the Pulling Tarp Podcast. Do you have any wild, crazy tarp stories? I do. God, there's so many. Um, the one that sticks out early 2014 or 2015, I don't know. I was in Peoria, so somewhere between okay. 2014 and 2019, but I think it was early. We had a terrible storm come through, and we're in the middle of the game, and we're lined up and playing. So you know how it is. Hey, everybody to the top of one one. We're gonna pull, or mm-hmm. we're gonna prepare to pull, or whatever. Yeah. Well, in this situation, it was mid-game, so the decision lies in the hands of the umpire. Mm-hmm. My ground, you know, my groundskeepers in the dugout. My team presidents in the dugout, they're trying to, come on, we need to go, trying to encourage the umpires to call for us. We were totally just, it was pouring. When they do finally give us the call, between the the rain and the wind, I remember looking up and seeing the light poles shake. Like, Mm. it was not a safe situation. Yeah. We struggled to get it on. Of course. Um, And because you can't nail them down in that kind of weather there's just no way there's you know the wind's gonna pull it and then you're gonna have to start all over and this and mm-hmm. that so we had to lay on it yeah so i'm behind second base and just getting drenched and all of a sudden i hear this whoosh 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 sound and i look to my right and the wind is blowing so hard that the tube for the tarp is rolling back into infield 
oh. like second base. Yeah. So I literally had to like go from lay down to upright a little bit and like take this tarp tube on the shoulder to prevent it from rolling over me and rolling over the engine on my left. Oh gosh. Craziest thing. Oh. <laughs> Never been injured with a tarp pull, knock on wood. I haven't dislocated a shoulder like I've seen some other people do. Yeah. Or, you know, you hear the stories of torn ACLs, which is just awful. Oh, cool. um, instead, I'm in the middle of this, you know, what we've now referred to as Hurricane Dozer. Lights are shaking, and all of a sudden I look to my right, and it's like, oh, my God, I'm getting hit by this tube. Yeah. Um, oh. So it, it's that's my tarp story, one of them. Um you know, we could sit here for hours trading them, but oh, yeah. it's it's a day that will, you know, live on forever and ever with that particular front office crew. Um, you know, if Mike's if Mike Reno is listening, I'd always appreciate the opportunity to pull tart. Um, but that, the next day I woke up a little bit, a little bit more sore than usual. For sure, I would imagine. <laughs> um, all right. So where can the listeners find you on social media, online? Um, yeah, this is your chance to plug really whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm active on Twitter. Um, uh, Kate underscore Voss, I think it is. Uh, I should know my own handle. That's embarrassing. Huh. Um, more active on Twitter than, than too much more. Um, I was looking at it earlier. Shout out Kirby Rock for the, the additional plug. Um, excited to see what he has to say about listening. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, you know, 10, 12 years now in sports. Um, if you want to trade battle stories or looking for some advice or whatever it is, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. And then, you know, if people are listening and they want to chat, Bobby knows how to get a hold of me. So yeah. always good to connect with people in, in the sports world and sports fans. And, you know, Absolutely. I'll be around. All right. Awesome. Um, so I know you've listened to a couple episodes, uh, and you know I end with the same question. What has been the best walk-up or warm-up song you've heard in your baseball career, and whose was it? Oh, boy. There's so many of them. So many off the wall, too. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite as a baseball fan, maybe not necessarily working in baseball, um, because we've had some crazy ones from, you know, Disney songs to the Cha Cha Slide or whatever it is. My my favorite entrance has to be Enter Sandman for Mariano Rivera. Okay. All right. Like that is just the sheer dominance that, that he had as, as a closer for the Yankees. Yeah. Um, I'm partial to that song. It was on my game day playlist, still is on my game day playlist. Um, you know, the, and I'm drawing a blank on names. Nate would be laughing because he can remember everybody from top to bottom. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've, you know, baby shark has been one of them. I know that was really big, uh, for one of the national players couple of years ago i forget mm-hmm. who it was but came out to bat baby shire played so his kid at home knew that dad was up to bat i think that's pretty cool um yeah so there's so many of them mm-hmm. you know they they kind of all they kind of all run together mine when i played in, in college was hakuna matata so i'm partial with the disney songs too okay just going up there and having a good time but we might have to ride like, out with that one What'd you say? We might have to ride out with a Kuna Matata. <laughs> oh, 
There you go. I mean, no worries, right? Like, just yeah. enjoy the day. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Get up there and have fun. You're playing a game that you can fail eight times out of ten and still make the whole thing. So yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah. Just having fun. That's funny because I, I just told my nephew that. He's eight, and baseball is his world right now. And, um, Love that. And um, he's... He's, I think he was like one of the only kids on the team that didn't hit a home run yet. And um, I was like, dude, there's plenty of guys in the Hall of Fame that didn't hit a lot of home runs. And um, I said, you know what the best thing about baseball is? And he said, what? And I said, you can succeed at the plate 30% of the time and be in the Hall of Fame. And he looked at me and he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And, you know, so um, that Absolutely. is that is the beauty of baseball. So, um, so Bobby, I, I yeah. got one for you. Oh, OK. All right. What what is your hot take where the trade deadline has passed, where August 10th, we're getting down the stretch here with Major League Baseball. What what's what's the hot take that people should know about with the wrap up of, of now we still have months left to go, but. Okay. We're gonna be be surprised by anything here down the stretch. Uh, what's what's the latest hot take that you have? Ooh, okay. Well, I um, my last stint was with an Orioles affiliate, and I'm I live in Birdland right now. I'm in I'm in Delaware, um, and um, so my hot take. I think the Orioles are gonna make the playoffs this year. Are they? Okay. Yeah, and I think that they are going to be at least contenders um, within the next five years. I like that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that's my hot take. The, the Orioles aren't really one in the news right now, so you, know, you see the block, blockbuster trades back and forth, but... Um, I like that hot take. I'm gonna have to start following along with what Baltimore's doing here over the next, you know, couple of months and, yeah. and next few years. So maybe we'll circle back and, and see what see what we have to say. Yeah, um yeah, they have so many good pitchers um still in the minor league system. Um there's been a guy that's their closer, um, who pitched for us in Delmarva and n- literally nobody knew anything about him. Other than he pitched like twelve games for the Dominican League Marlins like three years before, and um, but now he is the Orioles closer. They have the best catcher, at least young catcher in the game right now. Um, I've seen a lot of catchers in my day, and he is by far the best offensively, defensively, everything. Um, and yeah, I just I just think they got a lot of talent in the system, and um, and with the guys that are already currently on the roster, I think they can piece that together. Awesome! I'm gonna be tuning in. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun to kind of put on my my fan hat versus you know working the grind every day. So yeah. I'll be I'll be playing along, okay. not playing along, watching along, following along. All right, words are, words are hard. Yes, yes, <laughs> they are. Um, yeah trust me i get it um all right kate thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening um to come on the pulling tart podcast really appreciate it and um now we can both go get some dinner (laughs) that sounds like a plan bobby it's been a pleasure keep in touch and uh i look forward to the next one after this one
Absolutely. Thanks so much, Kate. Take care. Yeah, you too. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.